This is Everyday Photography Every Day, where you get to listen in on a chat between a photographer, that's me, and a regular human. That's me. With an eye on making your pictures amazing. No technical stuff, no talk of gear or software, just photography for the love of it. We're sponsored by Neomodern.com, bringing concierge photo printing and framing to everyone with a smartphone. I'm Suzanne Fritz Hansen, enthusiastic iPhone picture taker. And I'm Michael Rubin, photographer, founder of Neomodern, and grumpy old man, and we're in San Francisco tonight. Welcome. So do you have questions for me today? <laughs> well, I do. Um, now that we've, we've gotten that going. Um, my, my question was, uh, I mean, it's almost like taking a step back, I guess, in the process and really thinking of photography and looking and deciding on which moments to capture and I wanted to ask you what what do you take pictures of um well I don't I will say I don't take pictures of everything I think it's important to put your camera away sometimes and experience your life that, that's with, good you know without <laughs> uh, people wouldn't uh, maybe identify me as someone who puts the camera away because I seem to always have a camera. But statistically speaking, I'm not walking around with it all the time. And I do think, and I, and we talked about when in my sort of big moments and small moments yeah. uh, conversation that I, like when something's important and the birthday cake's coming out, I'm not, I don't really feel a strong desire to take a picture of that. You know, and then the idea of synecdoche from another one of our episodes mm-hmm. would say that... I don't need to, fo- even when I do have my camera out, I don't need to shoot everything that's going on. I'm going to shoot something that's sort of representative. I'll shoot for a few minutes and then put it away. Yeah, this is everyday photography, every day, not all day. All day, right. Because <laughs> you, you can't live behind your camera. Right. Um, so I'm... So what do you take pictures so of? So I take, you know, I just take pictures of things that seem fun or interesting or... I don't know. I, I, I can't describe it. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I, I wish I could. I wish I knew. Um, I, I think it was Cartier-Bresson, but I could be wrong, who said, like, if I knew what made a good photograph, that's all I would take. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't. So true. So true. <laughs> so you just take pictures of things that catch your eye, that interest you, mm-hmm. um, and then you see what you got. I like to think of photography as like trick-or-treating. Mm-hmm. You know, you go out with your bag, your camera, and you you just pick up a bunch of stuff without a whole lot of concern. And then you get home and you dump it all on the table and you sort through and like, oh, bit of honey. I don't want yeah. those. Oh, mounds. I want those. You know, yeah. you, you Nobody sort Nobody likes through. the Smarties. No one likes the Smarties. <laughs> Hopefully you don't get too many Smarties. I think I get a lot of, like in photography, I get a, <laughs> get a lot, lot of, of photography. I, I do, and that's so, that, but that's the fun. The fun right. of photography, like the fun of trick-or-treating, and I say this as we get close to Halloween, yeah. isn't always like going door-to-door and getting the candy. It's the dumping it on the table and seeing what you got. Ah, oh, that's so true. And so that's, to me, so, so I don't have an answer to that, but um, I am reminded, and I can't remember if I told you the story or not, but... You know, I have this problem. I, I can't escape the cliche. Mm-hmm. I can't. I, I want to do it. I want to move past that. I don't want to be that guy who <laughs> takes a picture of the sunset, who takes a picture of the, beauty, of the, obvi- the, the obvious thing. And I try so hard. I've been doing this for a long time. And I 
can't do it. And so I, I told you the story when I, me and Scott, my college roommate, drove out to Mount Rushmore and we down, went down this long road <laughs> and we drove for hours to get there. And you walk out and you're standing in that spot and you, there you are in front of the thing and it looks just like the stamp. It looks just like the postcard. <laughs> and, I, and I told myself, I am not going to take that picture. You got to. And you I got to. I did. Yeah. I did. And I and I don't want to print it. I don't want to show it to anybody. I'm embarrassed that I did it. Just get the cliche out of the way, Ruben. Just get it out of the way. I think that's... Cliche that, out of the way. Get the cliche out of the way <laughs> is my new favorite. I think that's the lesson for everybody. It's like, don't fight it. I, I, I don't think you want to be so disciplined that you don't even bother taking it. Because, right. I don't know, you need to start somewhere. You got to stick a stake in the ground and then... Go past it. And so you get the cliche out of the way. You take that picture <laughs> that you're going to hate yourself for and you've got to promise yourself you're not going to post it on Facebook or share it or show anybody. But you start there and then you start seeing what can you do that is uniquely you. Like what do you bring to the table? What is what is unique for that the guy standing next to you isn't taking? Right. That every other person who comes to this thing isn't taking – uh, for maybe for a lot of people, they don't care. They just want their own picture of Mount Rushmore. I mean, I think I think I think it takes the pressure off. I mean, this is a metaphor or an analogy that probably won't hold water, but I like to think of it like thrift shopping. When I go thrift shopping, or what I like to call opportunity shopping, <laughs> I. I have to pick up something first and it kind of takes the edge off. Even if I don't end up purchasing that first thing or I don't really know if I really like it, something about having that first pull, that first pick, whatever it is, um, then it just sort of opens my eyes in a different way. And maybe it, maybe I just start feeling like, okay, I've gotten that. That's out of the way. Now I'm invested. Now I can Did, actually are look you, differently. Are you using that first thing as a basis to build off of? Like now I have a scarf and I'm going to find a jacket that goes with the scarf? Or? Not necessarily. I, I think I think it just it makes me double down as um, now I'm committed. Now I'm actually instead of because I think sometimes you're just like oh I'm just not in the mood. <laughs> and maybe sometimes for photography I find myself in the same position where I'm just kind of in a rush. I I feel like I don't have time to do this. I don't have time to really look. But when I actually stop and get that first shot out of the way or get the cliche out of the way, <laughs> then then I feel almost like um, another energy, another another mode of thinking that I'm I can be like okay now that's done. The pressure's off. Mm -hmm. Now anything I do after this is gravy. So what when when you what makes you pull your camera out? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, honestly, uh, I think I pull my camera out day to day just for a lot of work stuff. Okay, so, so most it's mostly document. It's I mean it's a great it's like a Xerox machine in your pocket. Like you can don't totally. to, you don't have to take a, take notes. You just, this is where my car is parked. This is what we were talking about. This right. is where I was standing. You know, it's a, it's a great documenter. But I feel like that's changing. I mean, I, I honestly feel like since we've been having these conversations, I think that I am starting to see things differently. And I, I am giving myself more, uh, I don't want to say this, more patience that I I Instead of being in such a rush, of just like, okay, capture it, go, go, next thing, next thing, next thing. I think that when I start to see something unusual or noteworthy or I have friends over for dinner, that I can take myself out of 
the moment of like let's you know just rush and and move on Mm -hmm. to to seeing things a little bit differently I'm not there yet but Mm -hmm. I I think that I'm starting to slow down a little bit and uh, take the time to to look I would say that that is kind of fundamental to slow down. <laughs> That's good. You know, I, I, maybe I used to joke that um, the lousy photographers are taking pictures while they're walking or moving around, mm-hmm. and then good photographers stop, and great photographers stop and wait. Yeah. And I think that um, what do I take pictures? I, I think when something catches my eye, it's not that it's a thing that is beautiful we've talked a little bit about Mm -hmm. Susan Sontag's um, admonition that like a beautiful photo is not necessarily a photo of a beautiful thing Mm -hmm. it's its own thing and so if I see something it's not like people take a lot of pictures of flowers for instance Mm -hmm. and flowers are beautiful and but it's very hard I find most pictures of flowers are not beautiful (laughs) at best they remind me that the flower is beautiful even if the photo of the flower isn't Mm -hmm. Sometimes they can get closer and it makes it more beautiful. I don't know. Like yeah. I see that. But that's the getting the cliche out of the way. If there's mm-hmm. a beautiful flower, you take the picture of it and you're like, ah, oh, that is such a beautiful flower. I just want to remember how beautiful <laughs> that flower is. But then I start uh, exploring it kind of visually, which is like, what is beautiful about that flower? Is it the way the light's hitting it? Is it its color? Is it its mm-hmm. shape? Is it where it is? Is it, is it, is it in a funny place? place is it a beautiful flower and coming out of concrete or is it in a field of beautiful flowers yeah all of those things make me think about it differently uh do i want to isolate it is Mm -hmm. it uh, do i want just the picture with like the background blurry and and or do i want to see it in the context of what it 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 matters that so i'm i'm thinking through all of these things how do i want to capture that flower Mm -hmm. to to make a beautiful picture out of the beautiful flower Mm -hmm. um and especially if I'm thinking in black and white, it's like, okay, uh, it's a beautiful flower. Can it, is it beautiful in black and white? Mm-hmm. Like maybe not, but maybe it is. Maybe it's what's beautiful about it is it's sort of delicateness or it's um, the texture on the leaves that I lose. When it's in bright yellow in the sun, I just see bright yellow. But when I'm thinking about it in black and white, I'm looking at the texture in that leaf. I'm looking at the the light coming through the leaf and seeing other leaves behind it or something you know i, I don't do you know ever test it do you ever like take a, a a picture as you're sort of working through i mean i know you shoot black black and white a lot but do you ever take a picture and then just do a quick test you're like oh this is worth it i want to keep going well i wouldn't call it a test but i would say that i'm looking at this thing and i'm trying different ways to capture it i'm mm-hmm. thinking what if i'm like, wow, all my pictures of flowers are always sort of top down. Like, what if I'm like literally straight above it? What does that look like? Yeah. What if I'm lying on the ground looking up? You never see flowers from the bottom up like bugs life. You right. know, how do the bugs see the flower? Right. Um, and that, is it more beautiful or less beautiful when I do that? Yeah. And so I, I play around with changing my point of view, changing the depth of field a little bit, looking at it in context. And maybe there's just nothing there. It just doesn't hold up. It's just a flower and it's boring. And after staring at it for 10 minutes, I'm bored. <laughs> and so now I know, like, the picture of it isn't going to really take me anywhere. Right. Then maybe I notice, oh, look, there's a line of ants crawling up a stem. Like, that makes it interesting. Now there's something dynamic happening. Right. This flower is different. It's not 
if you came and took a picture of flowers, you mm-hmm. wouldn't see this moment. Mm-hmm. But I love how the ants are crawling up. Maybe I don't even need to see the petals. Maybe mm-hmm. I can just have the hint of the petals. Maybe they can be out of focus. Like all of those things are part of the way I'm staring at this object. And whether it's a flower or a person or a crack in the sidewalk, that's my process. I get the cliche out of the way. Yeah. Like something got me to stop and right. take a picture of Mount Rushmore, uh, that that good-looking person, uh, this neat whatever, the moon coming up. Mm-hmm. And now that I've got that, I wonder where I can take it that's me. That's yeah. something about my experience of it that's unique. Can I see it? Can I frame it differently? Ultimately, I did take the cliche picture of Mount Rushmore. Right. But the picture that I printed was sh- – I, I took a picture of just the edge of Lincoln. Mm-hmm. You know, and the rest of the rock wall, mm-hmm. which I don't think I'd ever seen. I never really thought about what Mount Rushmore was carved into. <laughs> I'm so used to seeing the four faces right. carved beautifully mm-hmm. that to look at just the the black hills and the rocky shapes of them, and then they just start to become Mount Rushmore. Right. That interested me more. Now, maybe lots of people have done that too, but I hadn't seen that. Yeah. And I hadn't really thought about it, but that was where I got to. Mm-hmm. And then the only question was for me, how much did I want to see of the classic sculpture? Right. Did I even need to see Lincoln? Do I need to see half of Lincoln? Mm-hmm. Maybe all of it? Like, it felt weird when I had all of his face in, so I cropped it in half. And Did you crop it in camera? Was I that your it was shot? all in camera, okay. yeah. Uh, now, I could have cropped it in the dark room if I felt like I missed it. Mm-hmm. Like, I would allow myself that. Maybe I, I shot it and I have all of Lincoln in it and... Sitting in the dark room, I hate it that way. It just mm-hmm. feels weird to have one president. And mm-hmm. I realized that to get the full flavor, I need to cut his face off in a certain way that I didn't shoot it. Right. And I would do it. How often, or what would you say, how often do you crop your images versus shoot in camera? I don't crop at all. I feel like in the same way that I insist... I don't insist. That's the sport of the art. That's, that's the haiku. Mm-hmm. It's one of the 575 rules of my photography for me. Mm-hmm. I'm not insisting anyone else does this. This is my game. Right. And my game is, can I get out in the world and, and compose something live mm-hmm. in the frame as I look through the viewfinder? So it's not fair to change that. I, I The composition is what I'm composing right there. So it doesn't make sense to me to crop it. Got it. Um, I like that game and, uh, and, and other photographers, like I've read other photographers who play that game. Cartier-Bresson would actually, he like filed out his negative carrier. So when he printed pictures, you get like the black line around the frame to really reinforce this idea that he did not crop it. That yeah. is the negative. Uh, and I don't do that, but that is my feeling. I keep the aspect ratio the same, uh, it also makes all my photos kind of consistent mm-hmm. because not only are they basically all black and white, but they have the same aspect ratio. Mm-hmm. Because if I start cropping, some are square, some are rectangular, some are long and thin because right. I wanted to cut out the whatever. And it just feels jumbled to me. Hmm. And there's nothing, again, nothing really wrong with it. And they're not probably going to be shown anywhere that you know matters. But I feel that the game, the, the trick-or-treating game is can I pull it off? And uh, I like that. So yes, I don't. I don't crop. I, I try to compose in camera. And you know, if you if it's too hard to compose in camera for a beginner, 
that's why you do still lifes. That's why you take pictures of rocks mm -hmm. or, or why you work in a studio because I can control it. It's not moving, so right. I can move around and do my stuff. Um, when you get better, you're doing it on the fly where everybody's moving in the real world and it's, it's a harder game. I was thinking it'd be so cool to have like contact lenses or something that you could just have over one eye so you'd be able to look through it and sort of see the, like the, the ratio, the, um, like see the frame and oh, you could practice. Movie directors do that. Have yeah. you ever seen like the cliche of movie oh, directors totally. where, they hold their, yeah, yeah. where they hold their hands up <laughs> exactly. to crop, the, to imagine what the aspect ratio looks like on this particular scene. Oh, totally. And uh, they always look like dicks when they're doing it. But, <laughs> but there's they, a reason. <laughs> there is a reason. They also walk around and they have around their neck a bunch of little viewer, lens viewers. Uh -huh. And sometimes you see directors or cinematographers walking around like that. And they hold it up to sort of really get a viewfinder. They don't have yeah. the whole camera apparatus, but they right. can see what it would see. And it helps them sort of think about uh, that character is going to move into frame and he should be closer and whatever. They are... Uh, they're constructing it. They're like working in a studio. Mm -hmm. They're they're building that frame carefully right. to tell their story, and that's a, a, a an awesome art form. My version of that is I got to do it live, so there's no preparation. Yeah, I just I, I'm very comfortable with my camera lens. I, the 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 contrivance I allow myself is I have a zoom lens, mm -hmm. so I can change the focal length. So sometimes I can be far away, sometimes I can be closer up. I still have to compose in the frame, mm -hmm. but that makes it a little bit easier than if you had a fixed 50 millimeter lens where everything had to be like that. Then you have to move your body to change it. And, right. Um, so like I said, that, that that's okay for me. I don't want to carry a lot of equipment around, but mm -hmm. I like. But that's the game. That's my fun game. I like it. Yeah. Well, uh, not, thank you for that. Was a great answer. Uh, what do you shoot? Thank yeah. You. Um, yeah, I, I still think. We need to go through our contact sheets and look at pictures. I think it's helpful for people to see what you shot and then what you chose. Right. Well, I, mean, that I, I told you I wanted to see, I thought it'd be so interesting if you could see painters, if you could see their palettes of color next to, hanging on the wall next to like their uh, final painting. And you were saying, well, that's, you know, that's basically what a contact sheet is. That is. And since we don't have contact sheets anymore, the equivalent <laughs> is looking at a bunch of the pictures you shot. Right. And then you chose one. Mm -hmm. Nothing irks me more when someone posts five pictures on Instagram or Facebook, which are almost identical. <laughs> right? And I, like, I feel like that's a contact sheet. Will you pick one? Right. Just pick one. So, um, you know, so on paintings, sometimes they x-ray it and they can see what the artist did before. Exactly. That's yeah. super cool. Mm -hmm. I like that. All right. Um, let's, uh, you know what? We seem to do this every day or like we, we, we record a bunch of these and then we, um, put a whole bunch out. This is our Netflix binge option. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, Just go, go ahead and binge folks. So this, go is, ahead and this binge. is season three. Season, week three. <laughs> week three is season three. Um, uh, yeah. So that's, I think that's the way we're going to do this. Sure. Right. I like it. Thanks for listening. Our show is recorded and produced in North Beach, San Francisco. For more information, photos, and show notes, go to www.neomodern.com podcast. And please leave a review and rating on iTunes or whatever service you use to listen in. That's super helpful for us. Thanks to jazz great Mitchell Foreman for our incredible theme music. We appreciate your attention and hope we've given you some things to work on and maybe think about. Until next time.